All right, folks, welcome to episode 11 of the Golden Eagle Pride Pod. As usual, I'm your host, Zane Penton, uh, here with my co-host, Drew White, both of us from GoldenEaglePride.com. As you can probably hear, I'm uh, podcasting injured right now. I've been very sickly the last, you know, several days with a cold. Um, that's life, though. You know, that's life. Drew, how you doing? Hey, man, we're just going to call you the warrior. I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody has been through more adversity you know, as a, you know, a guy who covers Southern Miss and continues on and presses forward. So I, I agree. Thanks for pressing on, man. I, I appreciate that. And I'll admit, um, you know, there's going to be some mouth breathing. There's going to be some coughing, some sniffling, but you, you're just going to have to look through that as a listener. I'll admit <coughs> uh, I'm on some cold medicine, too. So if I if I oh. get a little nuts, just... Just normal zane uh, we never know where it's gonna go right so. so this could get <laughs> wild so just straighten me out if i get a little off topic uh but i have weak lungs i have since childhood i used to get pneumonia like every year so i admit that i have weak lungs and uh so wow. i just i get sick once to twice a year um but you know it's it's nothing major it's just it's i'm a weak lunged man i'll admit that uh, but i appreciate you uh pointing out that i i do you know, I, I I I played through the toe. I played injured. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going through this. That was so, you know, I, I appreciate that. Uh, but we've all got heart, a, and you're all heart. Uh, exactly. Oh, well, that's what I that's what I go for. That's what I go for. But we do have a lot to talk about. Um, you know, going back, we can we're going to discuss the Kentucky game week one. We're going to discuss Savannah State last week. And we're going to look ahead to Troy this week, and then at the end we'll do some picks. So plenty to talk about. Um, probably talk a little more about the game at Kentucky uh, than the game against Savannah State, and I think that's pretty easy to see why. Uh, that first half against Kentucky, um, a lot of Southern Miss fans, their hearts were in their stomachs. It was not looking good, uh, which obviously, you know, knee-jerk reaction when you hired a new coach and things go that way. Right out of the gate, you know, there's a little panic, and that's understandable. Uh, but the second half, I guess they just decided they weren't going to lose. And that's what happens sometimes. I mean, there was obviously a lot of adjustments made, but there's sometimes where teams go into halftime, and I'm telling you, I think they just, the coach doesn't even give a speech. He just says, guys, we're not losing this game. And they yeah. just don't. And it seems like that's what happened. Yeah, I think you look back to, and it almost seemed – and I don't want to say insignificant, but it didn't seem at the time like a big play. But the the uh, the seventy one yard pass to Isaiah Jones, oh, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. And Southern Miss made a made a good play here in the first half, so there's something to feel good about. But really, that was the play that turned the entire complexion of the game. And from that point on, I mean, Southern Miss utterly dominated. It was like that play just kind of helped everybody relax a little bit. And uh, I was talking um, a couple days ago to, to Jeremy Bridges, former Southern Miss offensive lineman, and uh, did, did a story on him. He, he was talking about the team, and he made a great observation. He said, you know, everybody was, was thinking that Coach Hop probably went in and, you know, reamed the team out and got them fired up. And he said, I think he did just the opposite. He said, probably went into halftime and just – said we just need to calm down and and just go play football and just do what we do and because the the team seemed to really 
just calm down. You saw, to me, it looked like they were just so over-anxious, maybe even too hyped. You know, all the expectations, all the the talks, all summer long, you know, about this could be a special season. This could be, you know, the, the year we're waiting on. This is, you know, favored to win the conference. It was almost like that first half they came out so aggressive and so fired up that they were not able to just relax and, and play and do what they do um, and, and kind of overran things and, you know, Nick uh, forced some throws and things just didn't flow. So I thought that was a great observation. And, and to me, it just seems like, seemed like, yes, there were definitely some, some adjustments made on the field. I think really the team just kind of settled in and and got it going and, and really did what they do and um, just just steamrolled Kentucky. So Yeah, totally. And I mean and that's you know like you said, the score with Isaiah Jones and then to come out and score again at right after halftime on that first drive where Mullins took it in on the run, that's yeah. huge to get that double score. <clears throat> Uh, you know, I know a lot of NFL teams do it, especially the Patriots. They they try to set it up. You know, they'll defer the kick to try to work it out to where they have the ball to end the half, and then you turn around and get the ball to start the half. And that that's huge to just boom, boom, score like that. Then all of a sudden, Kentucky's like, oh, man. Like this was a, you know, what was it, 35-10, to 10, I think, ball game. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, oh, man, uh, you know. It's thirty-five twenty-four or whatever it was, um, right? So those two scores back to back were huge, and um, like you said, it's you know, I think they probably did come out a little bit too, <coughs> excuse me, a little bit too hyped and too aggressive, because if we're being honest, I mean, you go into this game, I mean, they really felt like they had something to prove, and I don't necessarily know that Kentucky felt that way. Um, and unfortunately for Southern Miss, it's looking like Kentucky's going to just be garbage in general, uh, which kind of sucks. You know, it's like I, I know you pointed this out on the site the other day that, it, you know, once once Southern Miss beat Kentucky, really we should all become Kentucky fans, you know, because <laughs> the better they can look in the SEC, you know, make Southern Miss obviously makes the win even better. But yeah. it is what it is. Nothing you can do about it. So. Yeah, it boy, the heart just seemed to be taken out of Kentucky, and and once um, Florida had the game plan as to how to 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 beat them, I mean they they took advantage of it, and Kentucky just had no fight left in them. It seemed like after after that second half against Southern Miss. Yeah, I mean it's it was just you know it ended up being a great game and a great win. In a great way, I gotta. I'm gonna open up a can of drink there. I don't know if you heard it. I'm trying to settle down this coughing. Um, yeah, speaking down. We'll just yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. I mean, they they settled in. They were they they made adjustments. Um, and obviously, you could tell at the end of the game. Uh, you know, Shannon Dawson really played down the whole. Uh, you know, returning to Kentucky deal or whatever, but uh, he was. I think he was pretty happy to win that game. Um, and, and, you know, who wouldn't be? You know, to go back and say, hey, you know what? I don't think I was the problem here. Right. So far, yeah, it I, seems like that's the case. I couldn't agree more. Stoops is on his third offensive coordinator in three years. People were nervous 
about, you know, what happened, why didn't things work out with Shannon Dawson at Kentucky, you know, why is there a problem with him? And, and, uh, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, we've seen clearly he was not the problem. There was some philosophical differences and Shannon Dawson's going to be just fine. And he's, um, he's a good play caller and he, he knows offense and, um, he, he, you know, what I really like is he, they really exploited, um, what Kentucky's weaknesses were and, really took advantage of that and, and hammered it. And, you know, the, the way they're running the football is really exciting to see. It's been, you know, it's been a while since Southern Miss has really had such a strong, and last year, of course, with uh, Jalen and, and Ito, um, you know, they, they definitely both over a 1,000 yards. But just to see them, I mean, really impose their will on, on defenses, it's been a while since we've seen that. And um, that's that's a real encouraging sign for the rest of the season. I can hear you getting uh, <clears throat> in the background getting notifications on your phone, and like I'm getting them too because it's from our Twitter account. So it's kind of weird. Like I hear it in my headphones, and then I look down and I have a notification. So uh, is it from? Uh, it's from the Golden Eagle Pride site. Yeah, it's from our Twitter, which by the way is at Golden Eagle Pride. If you'd like to look it up and follow us, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I hear a little faint boop boop, and then I'm like, oh, that's my phone, but it's your phone. But I have the same <laughs> notification, so that's kind of funny. Um, so, moving on a little bit, uh, well, I guess we'll talk some about the game at Savannah State. Uh, but there's really. I, it's, I, I don't want to toe that line of, you know, disrespect because they're college football players. You know, they could truck stick me easily if they wanted to. (laughs) You know, I get all that. Uh, Maybe only because of the cold, though. Right, right. Without the cold, I think I would have stood a chance. But I'll tell you another way I might would have stood a chance. That's running behind the Southern Miss offensive line, blocking. Because (laughs) it was a bloodbath. It was a massacre. It, It was exactly, honestly, what everyone expected. Uh... You know, I wrote a, a five players to watch column and like I was kind of it was kind of, you know, whatever. But I like all my players to watch were backups, basically, because right. I was like that's who's going to be playing. And they really was. I mean, you know, they did exactly what everyone expected. Go out, grab an early lead, limit the snaps for Mullins, limit the snaps for Ito. And that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Nobody enjoys that type of a game it's it's you just hope to not see any injuries you hope that um your starters can get a a few reps work on some things and the most important part is like you said getting other guys a chance to get snaps parker adamson um very important snaps for him you know in 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 the game and uh definitely important that he has as much experience as possible and uh letting you know you'd already mentioned tez parks and um, you know, a couple freshman linemen got in the game, and um, you know it was it was exciting to to see them get their opportunity, and um, you know kind of see what the future is going to look like for Southern Miss. But other than that, it's it's no fun to see a game that is that lopsided. Okay. Uh, just it's just um, and you haven't seen a whole lot of that um, in college football. There seems to be more and more parity. 
Yeah, teams absolutely. like Nickel that's, State that's going good. to Georgia and really competing. So you haven't seen nearly the lopsided games, but Spoiler Savannah alert, we'll State. We'll be talking I mean, about one of those games here in a minute. So absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and, and I mean, but you really feel for Savannah State and you know, small school that's just trying to make it, and <laughs> their entire athletic budget is supported by these big games that, that their team goes and plays. And yeah. I mean, they have been a part of some of the most lopsided games in college football over the past um, five seasons so yeah and, 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 that, and really, that part of it is really sad that it's it's all about me yeah. you know and, right. and I think it was a thing right. where Hobson really he it was he didn't want to run the score up you could tell but right. when you put it on the backups and they still put a couple touchdowns on the board I mean there's not much you can do about that and at the end of the day yeah. you have to have a certain amount of you know <clears throat> as much as you don't want to run the score up you know, if you're have if you have a third down, you can't just like not pass the ball and at least give it a shot because to me, well, I mean, I guess you can sometimes, but to me, it can reach a point where it's almost insulting to the other team. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh you know, yeah, to it, to not right absolutely to just put forth um, zero effort. You know, then it gets I, it gets to a point of being kind of insulting. And you know, those defensive players they want to keep that goose egg up there, no matter who the opponent is. They want that so. <clears throat> yeah, overall, just a bloodbath. It, it was just, it was rough, you know. So first two um, games, Zane, just, you know, uh, think about what you've seen that's been most encouraging. And I, I'd like to, to say that to me the, the, the most encouraging sign is the play of the offensive line. Um, I, you know, I was real concerned about coming in, well, if we back all the way up to the spring, uh, knowing that, that they had to replace <clears throat> um, two offensive tackles and really starting the, the fall a little, little bit uncertain there. I think everybody was a little bit concerned with, with how the offensive line was going to be able to play. And, boy, they have been fantastic. And they've been a real strength of the team. You know, again, it's only been two games, but I think we can see from those games that this is a, this is an impressive group. And they're physical, they're tough, they're well-conditioned, and I look forward to a lot of good things, And especially as they get into some conference play and they can really start to steamroll some of these um, conference USA defensive lines that really take the pressure off of, of Mullins. You know, he doesn't have to carry the team by himself. Southern Miss is going to have a legit running game, so... I'm excited. That, to me, has been one of the most encouraging signs. No doubt. And, and I mean, if I had to point to – I'll break it up into a couple of areas. Um, I think George Payne is a really yeah. – You know, because <clears throat> we know Ito is kind of going to be the guy. But any running back who is the guy has got to have a number two. You can't just sit there and just run a guy into the ground. And uh, George Payne has shown that he's going to be, you know, a very good number two to a point where yeah. Ito can come off the field and you're not sitting there going, oh, you know, when's he going to get back out there? You know, we need Ito, we need Ito. And he's a great player. I'm not, it's not to put him down, but, you know, when you got a guy who can go out there and make plays when he's off the field, I mean, that's got to be a, a great feeling for Hobson and for, for the offensive coaches. And uh, along with that, I would say that, so far, it certainly seems like the two JUCO receivers who the team have really been leaning on 
Yeah. Um, you know, Staggers and Isaiah Jones. I mean, we already talked about Isaiah Jones with a 71-yard touchdown. Staggers had a punt return for a touchdown against Savannah State. Uh, it's You know, it's looking like they, uh, you know, are going to work out. And, I mean, that's that's huge considering the question marks at that position. And I think it's certainly a good thing that when you look back to the spring and the beginning of fall, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you could probably point to those three things. Uh, replacing right. tackles, uh, what do you do at running back besides Ito, uh, and how do you replace, uh, you know, Mike Thomas and Casey Martin, and, and just to have those be the three things we're pointing out as, you know, the most positive things we've seen so far is certainly a good thing for Southern Miss. Definitely. I'm I'm so encouraged. You know, like you said, um, we, I think in a, in a preview, both of us kind of pointed to those guys as being one of the biggest keys for the offense, and they have really stepped up. We haven't even mentioned uh, DJ Thompson, um, you know, the senior receiver. So Southern Miss, well set at receiver. They've, they've T-Man Holmes uh, had a couple receptions and um, had a running play in the, in the first game. Good to see him back out there. I'm really, really encouraged. Isaiah Jones is—he's big time. I mean, he is. Yeah. He's—he's he's the, yeah, you know, wearing wearing number eighty-eight. A lot of pressure on him following Mike Thomas, but so far he's filled those shoes really well. Yeah, and that was one of when you watched uh, last week's matchup, which really again was kind of a, you know, <clears throat> it's almost like the varsity versus the JV. That was the most glaring when you just looked down at Southern Miss's offense lined up against Savannah State's defense. I'm almost positive. I can't remember. I, I thought I looked it up, but I can't remember exactly. But I'm pretty sure the corner they had running against Isaiah Jones was five nine, maybe five ten, and Isaiah Ugh. Jones is is six four. That was like a comical. And again, <laughs> that that cornerback. I'm not picking on him. He could punch me in the face and probably make my head explode. So I'm not picking on the guy. It's just you know when a five ten person. It's like I mean that's basically. You know, I'm 5'11", and when I stand next to Isaiah Jones, it's like David and Goliath. I mean, he's huge. So that right. was when you look down and you're like, dude, that's, you know, that's going to be open almost every time, more or less. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it's a win. It's one of those wins that's not going to move the needle. Uh, but there was no trap game. There was no letdown. There was nothing like that. Um, so we'll go ahead and move along from that to this week's opponent, uh, Troy which is a very – the reaction, the feelings of Southern Miss fans, I've noticed at least on our side and on Twitter, places like that, is very mixed. There's a lot of fans who think, hey, this is another game where Southern Miss probably going to roll. Maybe not – I mean, obviously not 56 to nothing roll, but not worried. And then I've seen some fans who are like, hey, you know, this is an opponent we've got to take very, very seriously or we're going to be in trouble. Uh, which I can agree with. I, I do think you can't take them lightly, but I, I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, th- that there are people who believe Southern Miss can lose this game, and there are people who kind of don't, honestly. Um, yeah. And so it's it's an interesting opponent, and I think a lot of that does come from, you know, they they really, what we were talking about earlier, they really, really held their own uh, against Clemson. I mean, really almost beat them. Right. Uh, so when you look at that, you know, it kind of worries you a little bit, but if you look at it on paper, it feels like Southern Miss should should play well. So, you know, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think if you look at the schedule before the season, you know, um, Troy is not a game that you you circle as one that you're real concerned about. Um, and you know, there's four and eight in the Sun Belt last year. Over the last couple years, they've really been down as a program. Um, in many ways, in the past, that you know, they kind of mirrored Southern Miss in the way that they, you know, would kind of go anywhere and play anyone. And um, so, but then to see um, what Neil Brown has done there uh, in his in his second year is so impressive. I am really, really um, impressed by what I see from him. He's, I believe, the fifth or sixth youngest coach uh, in FBS, and he's an offensive genius, real energetic guy, good recruiter, and he did a lot of what Coach Munkin did when he came to Southern Miss. He knew that they needed an immediate kind of infusion of talent, so he went out, he got a transfer from North Carolina, transfer from Auburn. He picked up several JUCO transfers uh, to kind of fill in the gaps. And then they have 14 returner st- returning starters from a year ago. And then you, you've got size on the defensive front seven that he added. Both linebackers are seniors, um, transfers who've come in with a lot of experience. And all of a sudden, man, this is a team that uh, is going to be competitive to win their conference. Looks like they should win eight games. You mentioned it. Gave Clemson all they wanted <laughs> at Clemson and did not at any point look like an inferior team that was just kind of lucky to be in that position. I mean, they were legit. They were very athletic, fast, um, well-coached. And this is a game that really has gotten – the attention of Southern Miss, they really got the attention of the nation from their effort. Uh, number one trending on Twitter for m- much of Saturday. So um, Neil Brown's got to be feeling good about his team. Now, with that said, uh, that was probably the worst thing that could have happened for them in the Southern Miss game was to play Clemson so well <laughs> because they have the full attention of Southern Miss right. now. That, that's kind and of my so- thoughts. I mean, you're... <laughs> He went from being a possible trap game to uh, not being a possible trap game very quickly. Uh, you know, the glass half full Southern Miss fan would say, "Hey, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's more about Clemson than it is about Troy." I mean, in the national spotlight, I think that's kind of the way it is. I mean, they got, you know, Auburn in week one had two shots at the end zone to beat Clemson. Uh, right. You know, Troy took him to the brink. So if you look at it from the other side of the of the story. Hey, maybe it's about Clemson not being so great, and that's not taking anything away from Troy. But again, I'm saying a glass half full kind of person uh, maybe looks at it that way. And I think a really important thing for Saturday, uh, I thought there was a really good crowd <coughs> against uh, Savannah State, especially again when everyone kind of knows it's a home opener, so that helps. It was a beautiful day, but at the end of the day, when well, you know you're probably not going to be seeing a competitive, uh, you know, game. I thought it was a good crowd. Uh, it was supposed to be a little rain Saturday, so but. They need another another good crowd. I think that's going yeah. to be a huge thing. Um, and again, that's the thing where you see a lot of diehard fans saying, you know, we're hoping the kind of uh, fence-sitting fans, which every team has, it's not just USN, the kind of fence-sitting fans will, you know, show up and be there. Um, so 
we'll see, but I think that's going to be – it would certainly wouldn't hurt Southern Miss to have another good crowd on Saturday. Definitely. I, I think, you know, I'd also credit some of that to Jay Hobson too. You know, so many fans were um, really kind of hurt when Jeff Bauer, um, you know, lost his job back uh, several years ago. And, and um, you know, many just – just loved him. A lot of people kind of turned turned away from Southern Miss for a little while uh, when Southern Miss went, went in a completely different direction, brought in Larry Fedora as somebody that had no connection to the university. And I think Jay Hobson has healed a lot of those wounds. Uh, and and I've, what I'm seeing is is you know people that really kind of turned away during that time have started turning back and are, are looking again. Uh, to Southern Miss. So I think Hobson was a great hire in not just being a great coach, but in his previous connections with Southern Miss, his ties to Jeff Bauer and um, his, his, his knowledge of the tradition and history of Southern Miss football, I think has really helped give kind of an infusion of maybe, maybe those people that, that might've been, yeah, a little bit hurt by the way things transpired with Bauer. So, um, you know, it's, it's encouraging. It's so good to see because, man, it was really some lean years, and you know, I mean, it was it was tough. It was tough to to see a, you know, a, a, the rock almost empty on game day. It just, I remember some days, it, you know, you talked about covering a game, and before a game, it looked like a ghost town, and that was just. Yeah, Just I mean, that, there was a right. game, uh, it may have been the Munkins' first year. There was a game, or it may have been the, the year we shall not speak of, <coughs> but there was a game, it was an early start, it was cloudy, kind of hazy, first day of deer season, and I mean, when I walked through campus, there was no one there. I mean, it was literally, it was unrest. I remember sending you pictures because I was yeah. just stunned. <laughs> you did. I couldn't, I, I couldn't think you were it. like, are we sure there's a home game today? Yeah, I mean, I legitimately could not believe it. I parked wherever I wanted at the time. I was still a student, so I didn't get a media parking pass. I parked wherever I wanted. It was, you know, they didn't even like, you know, the attendant was, I just asked, can I park here? And she was like, yeah. Uh, you know, it was brutal. And But then Saturday, uh, you know, it was just like there was – there were people. I mean, I get I get there pretty early, and I mean, there were people everywhere. It, it was packed, and I mean, that's certainly a great thing to see. So, um, and and I agree yeah, with what you hate, you're saying. You yeah, and and to add, I mean, you just hate to to pin so much on winning and losing, but the Kentucky win just did so much in setting things off the right way, and in in getting the Jay Hobson era established and. And kind of letting everybody exhale. Anybody that was a little bit nervous about that hire, I think, uh, not that one game makes, you know, does not, but but it just got things on the right foot. And and then coming home to a win, I mean, just a, you couldn't have scripted a better start. Agreed. And hey, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, a lot of diehard fans and, and people, so, sometimes they want to blame, you know, the casual fan in those situations. But I, I've always looked at it like this. <clears throat> Excuse me. If Nick Saban left Alabama for the NFL tomorrow, and they hired a coach for next year, and that coach went zero and twelve, and then they fired him, 
and hired a new coach the next year. That first home game, look, I'm not going to say it'd be a ghost town, but it ain't going to be 110,000 people there. I promise you that. Right. So I think to, to, to the credit of the fans, hey, you know, like you said, you don't want to put it all on winning and losing, but at the end of the day, I mean, you want to go see a competitive game. I mean, that's the way I it is. I guarantee you Kentucky is going to struggle um, right. in their attendance at their next home game. No, I, no I don't care who they play. It's going to be – it's going to be a thin crowd. No question. And totally agree with everything you were saying about Hobson. I mean, I know we're two games in and, you know, one of them was a cupcake. But, you know, I think it's a thing where Southern Miss and credit to Bill McGillis where they may have found kind of the best of both worlds where yep. you don't want to hire a guy just because he has ties to the school because you want the best coach available, you know. But when you have guys like Fedora and Munkin, and this is not a shot at them, you know, I think you could argue that, that Todd Munkin – is one of, if not the most important coach in the history of Southern Miss football. And that's the honest <laughs> truth because he Absolutely. brought it back from the depths of, you know, not going to get too deep into it, but there were some things going on uh, at Southern Miss. And I think most people know that, you know, the, the, it was a thing where the football program was teetering as a, as a program by the end of the year that should not be mentioned. It really was. And, and if, Todd if ESPN Munkin, ever wanted to do a 30 for 30, it would be a fascinating oh, study. I've said uh, before, I think, I, I think I'm going to write a book about it. I, I really am because it's, it's an incredible story. And it is a story that I, I think Sports Illustrated did, you know, sort of a timeline from a certain point before, uh, the, I, I guess, the start of uh, or maybe the end of the start at the Hawaii Bowl sort of fiasco to yeah. the hiring or, or maybe Munkin's first or second or whatever. And it was an incredible story. It got a lot of play nationally because it's, it's an interesting yeah. story. It really is. Um, it's, it's really almost unbelievable. And <laughs> I agree. And it, there's some good things in there and there's some bad things in there that make it such a wild story, but, but it is. Um, but so anyway, I say all that to say that's, this is not a shot at Fedora or Munkin by any stretch, but those are guys who they come in from the outside they're sort of here as a career stepping stone. I mean, of, of course, I firmly believe they put all of their energy into coasting Southern Miss. I don't think it's a thing where they don't care. It's not like that. But at the end of the day, <coughs> when Jay Hobson says, hey, I'm probably going to stay here forever as long as they'll have me, um, I, I don't think he's kidding. You know, now, right. don't get me right. wrong if the freaking – NFL comes calling for a head coaching job. I mean, he might take it, you know, I mean, don't, don't, let's not get nuts here, but I mean, I think he means it when he says he cares deeply about the school. And so I feel like Southern Miss may have gotten a little bit of the best of both worlds with a guy who has those connections to Southern Miss. He knows about Southern Miss. It's not a thing where he had to get on the Wikipedia page at Southern Miss and learn a bunch of stuff before he got here. And the best coach on the market at the time as far as skill, ability to coach up players, things like that. And so they might have hit a perfect, like, mix of those two worlds, you know, yeah. which could be huge, potentially. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really, I mean, it seems like the the absolute <laughs> perfect fit um, so far. So you know, there's, been, there's been no adversity yet, so we'll see how, when right. it does hit, how things go there. Absolutely. Um, but, and, and, but, but the transition and what he's doing with former players and right. the way he's connecting with the fan base and recruiting, I mean, it's just, it's going so well. And so it's just, it's no, really it. fun and, to see. And like you said, I mean, 
it's, it could be a situation. And I don't wanna, <coughs> excuse me. I don't want to feed the the pessimistic fan here, but I mean, hey, it could be a situation where Nick Mullins leaves next year and and the wheels just fall off. Who knows? I'm you know, like I said, we're two games in, so I don't want to blow too much smoke here. But I'm just saying, if things continue to progress, <coughs> excuse me, continue yeah. to progress the way they're going now, you know, I, I think it could be a, a situation where McGillis again may have made a very good hire and uh hey more credit to the guy i think he's doing a fantastic job a wild yeah. bill that's just me but uh he, no doubt about and it i'll tell you Drew, and i don't want to get too far off topic but i guess after we've already discussed all the games so i guess we'll do our picks at the end but uh i'm sitting here watching houston cincinnati um and speaking of wild bill i guess i've been kind of on the fence about uh if if the AAC loses two teams. Does Southern Miss still need to try to get in there if they lose their two best teams or even, you know, one, their, their single like Houston. But you watch this game against Cincinnati, which is in Cincinnati. They, they gotta, they gotta do everything they can to get into the yeah. AAC. That, that's just the honest truth. It, it, if you watch this game, <clears throat> I mean, again, I know one of these teams is, the, is a top 12 or top 10 team. I'm sorry. In the nation, you got to find a way to get into the into that conference. You just have to. You do. You do. It, it's Conference USA. Um, it's just it's struggling. I mean, it's yeah. really struggling football wise, and and um, you know, it's the, the lack of rivalries, the lack of you know home games that. Um, you know, on the schedule, and there's just so many teams. There's just uh, on the schedule that uh, fans just are not interested in, and um, and that's. I mean, I hate to I hate to say that, um, but it's just it's just the truth. And so I don't think there's any question about if Southern Miss can make that jump, they absolutely do it. And I don't think there's they they even look back and. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very hopeful that that something will work out so that they can can make that happen. But hey, again, you know, and and I know it's a lot of pressure on McGillis, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, well, God, Drew, I'm struggling, man. I, at a certain point of doing a podcast with a cold, do you even say excuse me anymore after you cough, or do you just like pretend it's not happening? I mean, I don't yeah, know. you just yeah, you just yeah, I don't I don't think you bother. Power on. All right, so. You know, a lot of pressure is put on McGillis for this situation, but fans have got to understand he's not a magic man. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like the AAC is dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not just going to take a team just to take them just because their AD is a cool guy or whatever, you know? Like, it's about money. It's about support. It's about all that. And so yeah. the average fan, you know, you want to sit back and wah, 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 why aren't we in a better conference? Well, you you got to start like doing something about it yourself. You got to be proactive. That that's what that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And so yeah. it's partially yeah. Wild Bill, but it's partially fans have got to step up and show we are a team that both because of on the field production and our fan base, we are a team that's ready to make the jump to a bigger conference. It's just the way it is. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head as far as everybody plays a role um, joining the Eagle Club coming to home games um, continuing to 
to raise the excitement level and making Southern Miss as attractive as possible. And I mean, everything else is in place. The the winning is back. The everybody knows about the tradition, and you know, you, Southern Miss does more with with less than probably anybody in the country. So, <clears throat> if if they could get into a conference where they could get some consistent money, uh, it's scary what what Southern Miss could become. Yeah, no doubt, and and that's another part where I think Jay Hobson could potentially play a, <coughs> a big role. Where, like you were saying, getting in the ears of former players and say, guys, you know, we're a family here. Uh, I know of one particular former player, uh, pretty good player. Uh, I watch him every Sunday, who's probably about to get a massive amount of money, hopefully, from the Patriots. Uh, but he's about to get PAID, capital letters, yeah, <laughs> dollar sign emojis, paid. Yeah. Guys like that. You need to be reminding them of where you came from. And to Jamie's credit, you know, I follow him on Twitter. You see him tweeting about Southern Miss a lot. It's not like he's just lost interest in USM since he left. And so, you know, they got to bring these former players together and say, guys, you know, once you graduate, you're not gone. You know what I mean? Like you've got to give them that feeling. And I do think that's something Hobson is working on, which could really be big for the university. Yeah, no doubt. One of the best tools Southern Miss has is those guys who have gone on to the NFL and had great careers and uh, recruiting uh, energy for the program. Um, and, and they love Southern Miss. They want to, to do that for the, for the school. So, yeah. And by the way, you mentioned the Patriots defense. In the, in the fantasy draft, this will make you happy in my fantasy draft. And I'm sorry I'm going just way off. No, no, go for it. I just – I uh, got the Patriots defense. Yeah, I did too. And Mr. Brady. Uh, nice. I, I, he fell to the seventh round, of, yeah. and I was like. Got to scoop him. And so I told everybody, you better beat me um, in, the, in the first four weeks because. Oh, man, he's going to I think the man is going to come out with some serious. Oh, he's going to wreck when he gets back. He's going to be. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to watch the game and just. Do you do fantasy? Uh, Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. Okay. Uh, do you have Mr. Brady? I don't. I have a oh, I have a buddy yeah. who's a big Pats fan as well. Okay. And he he snuck in. We we basically take turns getting him every year, like not on purpose, yeah. but just you know. And it's basically like we sit there and we do, we do a live draft at my house. So like we basically sit there and like stare at each other. Like is he about to do it? Like does he have a twinkle in his eye? Like he's about to take Brady. So. I tried to sit and wait because of the suspension, you know, like you said. I tried to sit and wait until he fell. And uh, I think I had that twinkle in my eye like I was about to take him, and so my buddy took him. Yeah. Uh, I ended up with Russell Wilson, who, of course, uh, had like a 500-pound man step on his ankle in week one, which is just phenomenal. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. So, last thing we'll do. Oh, yeah, one thing we should mention while we're talking NFL, Jalen Richard, man, from the oh, clouds a- with a 75-yard run for his – it was his so first happy. NFL carry, right? Yeah, and in his home state. I mean, you know, he's from Louisiana. Um, you know, family and friends all back to see him in the dome. How? I mean, you can't you can't script yeah, the better. Yeah, you can't. You can't. His, his first carry to rush for seventy something yards, and then, um, man, I was just you know his team to get the win. So happy for him. Uh, you won't find a, a harder worker or a, just a better guy. 
great rep- representative for Southern Miss. So thrilled yeah, to I mean, see him have that breakout. There's no doubt that the Raiders seem to like him a whole lot. I mean, he was getting significant, you know, time. You know, not a ton of carries necessarily. Like he was playing at important moments in the game. Yeah. And that's rare for any rookie, much less an undrafted free agent, to do a whole lot really outside of usually like special teams. And so it's it's clear that they like him a lot. And, you know, really happy for the kid. I mean, one of the nicest players I've ever covered. And, you know, it's really great to see that. Um, So last thing we'll do, we'll we'll move into these CUSA picks real quick. Uh, Let me check and see if I got them lined up. All right. Oh, there's a lot of CUSA games this week. Wow. Well, I guess everybody yeah, I guess plays. back yeah. in. So, first up, uh, some of these we can run through pretty quick. Uh, namely, uh, number 21, Baylor, a 31-point favorite over Rice. Um, oh, less than a time bomb drops in the middle of the stadium. Um, oh. I can't really imagine a lot of scenarios where Rice wins this game other than a, a really a national disaster. Over uh, or under seventy points for Baylor, I think that's the the bigger question. Yeah, the, uh, I mean the Rice's past defense is brutal. The over under Baylor, is sixty five, and I mean that you're assuming that Rice is getting whoa. shut out basically with that over under. So, Ooh. Yeah. man, I was just joking about that, and wow, yeah, no, that's unbelievable. You know, I, I think that's probably <laughs> assuming maybe a touchdown for Rice. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, Baylor by hundred, yeah. And that's on Friday night, and also on Friday night a later game, uh, Arizona State taking on the Roadrunners of UTSA. Meet meet, uh, twenty Oof. point favorite Arizona State. I mean, again, yeah, it's yeah. tough to imagine a scenario uh, where anything besides just uh, an earthquake or something like that. Uh, <laughs> You know, and one day I'm going to say something like that, and like it's actually going to happen, and I'm yeah. going to feel like garbage. And like, I guess I could probably like convince people I'm Nostradamus or something like that. But yeah, I guess if you name enough natural natural disasters, right? Know, well, that's the uh, funny thing about I, Nostradamus, and uh, I've really been looking into hoaxes a lot here lately. I know that's kind of weird, but like, I'm kind of a weird person, so been doing a lot of research on hoaxes uh mostly because i find them hilarious not because i actually believe them but <clears throat> the funny thing about nostradamus is this dude wrote like five thousand books worth of quote-unquote predictions and huh. then people pick them out and they're like oh this is like you know i think his most famous one is like about the world trade center he said something about like two bears in the east will fall or something and it's like dude when you write five thousand books worth of quote unquote predictions and you sort of vaguely hit on one in like a thousand years, you're a fraud. You're not a I mean, that's insanity to be like, oh, this guy's predicted all these things with his I mean, he his little sayings are like, you know, the grasshopper will hop over the river and they're like, oh, that's talking about Donald Trump building a wall or something. Like, what are you talking about? So it's it's wild, but uh, okay, that's that's a little off off the. Uh, I think the uh, the golf medicine is starting to really kick in. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, so next up, starting this, these are the Saturday <coughs> Saturday games. We've got Middle Tennessee, uh, six and a half point favorite over Bowling Green. Uh, well, you know what? There's there's actually point spreads on all of these. So if you ever want to pick a team and not the points, just I guess we can let you know we'll say that too. 
Uh, so yeah. Middle Tennessee, six and a half point favorite. Middle really let me down. I, you know, I was, they've not been what I, I mean, so far it's only been, but, um, I really, really expected them to beat Vandy last week and they, they really did not play well against Vandy. And that was disappointing. I mean, that was, that was a, a big game for Conference USA, um, to get another win over SEC, SEC opponent. And I, they just didn't show up. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't know MTSU. I'm going to go with them to get the win, but I don't, I don't like them to cover. So, you know what? I'm going to agree with that. I, I <clears throat> like them to get the win, but I could see it being a field goal, maybe two field goal situation. So middle, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take the points. So yeah. next up, we've got Akron uh, and Marshall. Uh, Marshall favored by seventeen and a half. Yeah, I have not been able to see Marshall play, and they really—I think they were off in week one, and then they—they they played Morehead State <clears throat> or or Morgan State. I'm sorry, um, got Morehead State on the brain, but uh, Morgan State. So it, hard to know what, exactly what Marshall's going to be, but they're they're solid, and and they're going to going to have another good team. Kind of a dark horse in the in the East this year for Conference USA, so I, I'm gonna go Marshall covers. I, I'm with you 100. percent Akron, I mean, eh, it's Akron. That's uh, it. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, it's Akron. So I'm gonna take Marshall. And I'm gonna take him to cover. Uh, so next up, we've got Florida Atlantic, uh, Kansas State. Kansas State is a 25 and a half point favorite. Yeah, nothing that would make me um, think otherwise. So, take KSU and the points. Agreed. I mean, that's going to be probably a pretty big bloodbath. Uh, Bill Snyder, that's an interesting guy. Uh, yeah. He's unbelievably old. <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. I mean, he, he's, he's like Rice's baseball coach. Like, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I don't want to be too. I was gonna to say something really mean, but like I, I'm not gonna say it. But yeah, he's he's <laughs> yeah. really old. And what's amazing is that their stadium is already named after him. That blows my is mind. It, are you yeah. serious? It's no. called their stadium is Bill Snyder Family Stadium, which is really a weird name to throw the family in there. Like I, that's strange. Um, but I mean, I, how many stadiums out there are named after not dead people? Yeah, no, there's not many, and especially in active. Right, yeah, in active, exactly. And if you're Bill Snyder, like, what? How does that make you feel? Like, do you right. go out to the ceremony? Like, guys, I'm still over at any moment. I'm right, ready. like I'm still, I'm still here, and I'm still coaching. <laughs> well, you know, which uh, again, and I said this about the Rice coach. It's amazing to me to think that a guy uh, who lived through the Depression probably can like recruit, you know. 18 year old kids so more power to him I mean I don't dislike the guy it's just he's really old and it's weird yeah he's weirdly old to still be coaching um so yeah we're, I guess we're both taking K-State uh and laying the points so uh FIU Florida International versus UMass uh FIU favored by one point oh Which, um I'm a little surprised at that so I'm guessing it's in in Florida. No, um, no, Matt. UMass is oh, the home team, which makes it even more surprising. Really? Okay. Yeah, that... that. Oh. Uh, 
Okay, I'm going with I'm going with FIU to go up there and and to to, to get it done. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, from what I understand, UMass is not very good. Um, and so I just can't. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those games where I don't really know a whole ton about it, but and especially this early in the season, it's tough to you know sort of make a call. Uh, Right. But yeah, I think UMass is kind of garbage, and uh, the fact that FIU is favored on the road makes me think they're probably like really, really bad. So we'll both take FIU, and I guess we're both not taking the points, considering it's only one point. So next up, we've got Western Kentucky versus Miami. That is the Miami of Ohio. Okay. Uh, okay. Not That's a, the yeah, Hurricanes, which is, which is great news for Western Kentucky. And we open this for me, please. I'm sorry, this got a bit of a fourth wall situation, but <clears throat> trying to take some more cold medicine and I can't get it open. So it could really get wild. Here the little minute. tab uh, thing came off, which is wild. Mm. So yeah, Western Kentucky, uh, 18 point favorite over Miami, Ohio. Who you got? Yeah, I think I think Western Kentucky is better than I thought thought they'd be, um, and so. Boy, 18, that's a pretty good margin, but they put a lot of points on the board, so I'll take I'll take Western to cover. Um, You know what? I'm going to be a little bit opposite here. I'm going to take Western Kentucky to win, but I'm going to take the points. Yeah. Uh, Miami, Ohio, I know they've got a great journalism school. Okay. Uh, but I think that those guys probably play hard because I can't really imagine, like, telling people, Oh, where do you play? Oh, at Miami. And then, like, you have to drop that Ohio in there, and I feel like that Every motivates time. them, you know. Yeah. Miami, Ohio. You know, like, I wonder how long – how long do, is it, like, acceptable to wait to drop the Ohio on there? I wonder, those in Ohio, do they still have to say that? Right. I mean, I guess you could just oh, Miami. Surely not. <clears throat> and then when it's yeah. like, oh, I, I want to come to a game. And then it's like, oh, well, you'd have to come to Ohio. Ha-ha. So – yeah, I'm going to take Miami to, to not get stumped, I guess. All right. Um, so next up, we've got Eastern Michigan versus Charlotte. Uh, one of the bigger games Ooh. of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, Eastern Michigan Man. favored by three points. Yeah. Ooh, is it going to be in front of the raucous Charlotte crowd, or are we in, is it, it in the East? You know, and it, this is amazing because I kind of just like – said it how weird it was that Bill Snyder's like still alive and then I look at it in Eastern I mean uh, Charlotte Stadium I guess is named after Jerry Richardson the owner huh. of the Panthers who is very much still alive so I'm sorry yeah uh, at least he's not currently coaching there though that's, that's true that's that's bizarre. the bigger that's the bigger but part of that being very strange. I'm gonna take Eastern Michigan I just Charlotte <laughs> really really bad when I watched him play that first first yeah. week so I'm like, going Eastern Honestly, the game being in Charlotte might be better for Eastern Michigan because it'll just be quiet. And they can <laughs> it'll it'll be, be more like, like a spring game. Or yeah, something. they can yeah. just completely concentrate. Um, <laughs> next game, we've got NC State taking on Old Dominion. NC State favored by 24 points, which is quite I mean, wow. a lot. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of points. Um, I think NC State definitely wins. I'll take ODU uh, with the points. I'm going to go the same. I mean, that's a lot of points, man. That's yeah, that's yeah. predicting it. I mean, that's only like a touchdown away from the spread for Baylor versus Rice. I mean, 
I'm not a big NC State guy, but that seems like a lot. So I'm going to do the same. NC State, but I'm going to I'm going to take the points. Um, So we'll skip Troy, (coughs) Southern Miss. Uh, Next up, and this is the most shocking point spread to me: La Tech on the road against Texas Tech. Texas Tech only favored by ten and a half. Mm, Okay. Well, you know, La Tech uh, they they went to Arkansas and really had a chance to win that game, and they. They're they are legit. Um, very impressed with with La Tech. Not a lot of people talking about them preseason, um, but I I think they'll. I'm going to say Texas Tech wins, but I think it's going to be another dogfight. And and I think La Tech will even have a chance to win this game. So um, I'm going to take La Tech uh, with points, but I'm going to take Texas Tech to win. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Texas Tech, and uh, but I'm going to lay the points. I think Texas Tech wins. Not huge, but bigger than 10.5. So. Uh, next up, we got Army, UTEP. Uh, Army is favored by 3.5. It's in UTEP. Man. It's at UTEP in El Paso. Okay. Um, all right. That's a, that's a tough trip uh, for Army to make. Not exactly cross-country, but that is a long way. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to take UTEP to win. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go with the home team. Uh, a lot of times with these <coughs> games that I don't know much about, it's always better to take the home team, so that's where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, now we have the biggest <laughs> the biggest spread of them all, which I hadn't noticed until just now. Uh, number 23, Florida. Uh, North Texas going to the Swamp mm. to play Florida at home. 36-point uh, favorite, Florida. Ooh. Gosh, I knew it was going to be rebuilding for North Texas, but man, I mean that is over five lot. touchdowns that Florida. I am by. not that impressed. I know Florida put up a lot of points on Kentucky, but I am still not sold on their offense. Yeah, I same. mean, and so you know, I just think I really think Kentucky just, just, just did not give the effort. Something is going on uh, after that. Southern Miss, yeah, uh, yeah, second half. I mean, they just gave nothing. So I, I think I, 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 Florida wins easily, but I don't think they covered thirty six. Uh, I'm gonna take Florida, and I'm actually gonna uh, lay the points. I mean, I know it's mm. a lot, but I think they're just gonna dominate. But I agree with you about Florida, uh, Kentucky. I mean, again, I think Stoops probably on his way out after this year. Um, but Florida, you know. It's looking like this year might be a lot like last year for them. Just kind of beat the tomato cans, make people think you're kind of for real, and then just kind of taper off. Uh, yeah, and uh, you'd mentioned Stoops possibly on his way out. I'd look for a big a candidate uh, to be Neil Brown, the Troy, yeah. Troy's coach, if that happens. Um, just something to to think about. Former okay. offensive coordinator there. Okay. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so last up, the big one. Troy versus Southern Miss. Southern Miss now favored. This has the line at ten and a half. I've seen it at eleven. Um, we'll we'll go with ten and a half. Though it probably moved down a little bit. So who you got? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a four quarter battle. Um, I like Southern Miss at home. I like I like their their experience. Um, you know, Nick Mullins to make the the plays that need to be made. And, um, you know, I just think playing at the Rock gives Southern Miss the advantage. But I think it's going to be a fight. 
And so I've, I've got Southern Miss winning um, 24 to 20. Okay. And uh, so that's that's my uh, final prediction. Um, I agree with basically everything you said. Uh, <clears throat> I think, again, the crowd could be a huge factor on Saturday. Uh, Troy is certainly not, not to be taken lightly after what they've done this year. Um, but I'm with you, though. I, I'm picking the Eagles to win. Uh, <clears throat> really, honestly, I'm torn on the point spread, though. And I actually, I'm going to take Southern yeah. Miss to win and cover. I I don't know. There's something about I think they're going to come out with a lot of passion. Um, I just can't help but get the feeling that, that they're just not taking this lightly. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to take any team There's lightly. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree. I and agree. so I just think Troy is going to come back down to earth a little bit and USM is going to win. I'm going to say uh, 42 to 28. All right, we'll go with I that. like it. For, or, yeah, yeah, forty-two twenty-eight. That's what I'm going to go with. I, I do think Troy is going to move the ball, uh, but I just think Southern Miss is going to just, you know, ram it down their throat, basically. So yeah. All right, Drew. One, uh, one, can I share one? Oh no, go go. We got, we got uh, Till Brown. He's coached in 125 games, and he has never been shut out as an offensive coordinator, head coach. Um. His teams have scored in every single game he's coached in. So I just thought that was interesting. Wow. Maybe uh, Saturday, I don't know, Southern Miss could do the impossible. So that'd be, that'd yeah, be great. That, that's that actually a really good, <laughs> really good stat, though. I mean, that's yeah. – I assume that's something not a lot of people can say because, I mean, shutouts right. do happen, especially with, in college where you have yeah. those, you know, Savannah State versus USM got to play for the money kind of matchups. And... <clears throat> right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's impressive. So – Sorry to just want to throw that in. One no, no, I, that's that's a good stat, and yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I think they're going to move the ball. I don't, I don't think, I mean, they got a good balanced offense. Uh, you know, I think they're going to move the ball, but I just think they're going to get. I mean, I think Edo and, and George Payne are going to run, and I think Mullins is going to, you know, maybe not force as many throws and just kind of start taking the underneath stuff a little bit more. Um, yeah, I just think yeah. it's they're going to end up winning by. Uh, two scores is what I got. So I like it. I like it. Let's hope that that happens. Yeah, yeah. All right, Drew. Well, that'll wrap it up, and uh, we'll come back next week with uh, a review of Troy and a preview of the next game. I don't even know who it is. Uh, UTEP. That's right, UTEP. UTEP. Yep. Yep. Uh, on the road. So. Uh, we'll come back next week with that. Maybe we'll get some recruiting in. I just realized I didn't even have time to talk about recruiting. We're at wow. an hour, and but you know that's the way it is. Uh, yeah, you know we had a lot to talk about. So, all right, Drew. Well, we'll get back with you next week. Thanks again, Zane. All right, man.